Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Uh, happy Thursday to everyone. Uh, Mr. Producer, just a heads up, when we come back with the music coming in, you can let it go a little bit longer. Um, you can let it run for like 10, 15 seconds. Um, we still have our fill-in producers. So everyone in the comment section say, good job, fill-in producer. Um, <laughs> they're doing a pretty good job. Okay, so a lot to talk about today. We haven't done one of these in a while, so I'm putting up a poll on the Facebook stream. Um, can't do it on the DLive stream, but the, the question is, who are the real terrorists? Is it Hamas or are the real terrorists conservatives? Because if you're paying attention over the past week, the Democrats are claiming that conservatives are the real terrorists and that Hamas, nothing wrong with them. So on the one hand, you have the Democrats coming to Hamas's defense and then in the very next breath saying that we need a January 6th commission in line with the commissions that we had after 9-11, after Pearl Harbor. Basically, they want to treat Trump supporters as if they are Al-Qaeda with their own commission to get to the bottom of the insurrection, treating us like we are the Japanese Imperial Navy and we just attacked an American naval yard. Um, so t take the poll if you're watching on Facebook. If you are on DLive, just let me know. Who are the real terrorists here? It, the conservatives or Hamas? Very interesting. Very interested to see. I, I cannot imagine we'll get a lot of people saying that conservatives are the real terrorists. But one of the, these polls are, are a good way to, to gauge how many trolls we have on the stream at any given moment. So there was a vote yesterday in the House of Representatives to set up this January 6th commission. And uh, listen, we're going to have a lot of empty seats. We're gonna have a lot, we have a lot of lame duck Republican congressmen. Let's go ahead, go to my screen, Mr. Producer. Here are the names. 35 Republican congressmen. We have Tom Rice. He voted to impeach Trump as well. Dan Newhouse, Fred Upton, Tom Reed, Peter Meyer, Adam Kinzinger, John Katko, Dusty Johnson, Brian Fitzpatrick, Anthony Gonzalez, Jamie Herrera-Butler, Chris Jacobs, Steve Womack, Stephanie Bice, Andrew Garbi Garbarino, Liz Cheney, duh, David Villadao, Chris Smith, Marionette Miller-Meeks, Rodney Davis, Don Bacon, Van Taylor, Tony Gonzalez, Mike Simpson, Maria Salazar, John Curtis, Michael Guest, French Hill, David Joyce, David McKinley, Gwen Moore, Trey Hollingsworth, and Jeff Fortenberry. They are the 35 Republicans who yesterday joined Democrats to create, to vote to create a January 6th commission to treat the insurrection at the Capitol akin to the 9-11 terrorist attacks. So these are them. So they are dead men and women walking. They just don't realize it. Those seats are already lame duck. They're already lame ducks which we take this down, take it down on my screen, Mr. Producer, which is a great segue into the sponsor of our show, How to Run for Office as a, as a Christian Conservative. You see that list I just gave you? 
all across the country, there are Republicans who just shot themselves in the foot. And they are their seats are going to be right for the taking. Now, whether you want to run for Congress, you want to run for a lower position, you got to learn how to do it. And we are partnering with how to run for office as a Christian conservative so that you can get the information necessary to learn how to do it. It is the only course of its kind that teaches the course material from a biblical worldview. I, I stress this every time we... We mention it. It's very important. We, we see this. We, we see the people I just listed. They have no integrity. They have no integrity. They're not really conservatives. Maybe they started out that way, but they lost themselves along the way. That's why it's so important that you do not get off track as you learn how to run for office and as you start running for office, which is why it's very important. And even if you don't want to run yourself, this course will teach you how to help other people run as well. It is important to glorify God through government for such a time as this. So go to www.runforoffice.training forward slash CD. And if you use promo code CD10, you'll get an extra 10% off your your order. It's very, very important. Please do check it out again. www.runforoffice.training forward slash CD and use promo code CD10. So they had that vote yesterday. <clears throat> they had the vote to create the commission. We'll get to, we'll get to the commission in a little bit. But it's pretty stunning to me that here we are, and with everything going on in the country, with all the problems facing the country, all of the new crises created by Joseph Biden and company, it it is shocking that Democrats want to rehash the January 6th protest. I mean, it's not that shocking. We understand why they want to do it. They want to keep it top of mind. They think that'll help them. But in reality... The American people can see right through this. They can see that the Democrats aren't interested in actually governing, aren't interested in fixing the real problems. All they seem interested in doing is pushing their own leftist policies and trying to convince the country that conservatives, Republicans are evil. So we'll we'll get to the the January 6th bit in a minute. But have you seen what's been going on in Congress with the Israel-Hamas war? I mean, it, it was very funny yesterday. Joe Biden gave Netanyahu an ultimatum, said, you have to end the violence by the end of the day or else there'll be consequences. What did Israel do? They, they opened up a second front in the war and started bombing Lebanon. <laughs> I, I can't think of a better, a bigger FU to Joe Biden than Israel opening up a second front in their anti-terrorism campaign. But if you, if you only listen to Democrats, you'd become under the impression that no, Israel's the evil side. Israel's the one that's just killing babies, that's, that's indiscriminately firing rockets into civilian centers at the risk of getting everyone to turn off. Here is our favorite congressional terrorist, Ilhan Omar. This is what she had to say a couple of days ago about the Israeli-Palestine conflict. Let's go ahead and jump to cut number two. Defending Israel's airstrikes against civilians under the guise of self-defense without even a mention of the children getting killed, much less what happened at Aqsa or in Shirjara. When the 15-member United Nations Security Council proposed a resolution this week calling on the Israeli government to cease settlement activities, demolition and eviction, and urging general restraint, the United States reportedly blocked it from happening. We are currently blocking the United Nations Security Council from calling on ceasefire. And to this day, we as members of Congress have not had yet a hearing or a briefing on this conflict <laughs> or gotten, right, gotten answers it. on cut whether it. our... We can't do it anymore. We can't, I, can't, I, can't, I can't play anymore. 
this is uh it's very interesting that when 9-11 terrorists destroyed the world trade center she described that as some people did something but israel responding not even a preemptive strike but just retaliating against rocket attacks on their civilian populations that is the war crime it's it's not it's no longer some people did something this is a bona fide war crime so that was her here we have another one i i can't believe these people pramila jayapal she is i believe a representative from california she's now talking about doing what we warned was coming from the democrats cutting off israeli defense um funding and defense purchases israel yes we give israel a lot of money every year we do we shouldn't we shouldn't really be in the business of giving people money but we also allow them and we sign off on israeli purchases of american defense munitions and defense technologies pramila jayapal and the rest of the democrats want to cut that funding off and leave israel to fend for itself let's let's jump down and play cut number three you are calling for an immediate ceasefire between israel and hamas let me, let me ask you a question because you've been critical of israel what do you think the appropriate response for the Israeli government and military should be, given that this particular military conflict began 10 days ago with Hamas firing rockets indiscriminately at Israeli civilians? Well, we condemn Hamas's firing of those rockets, but I think you have to look at what prompted even that behavior. I think there was, uh, you know, the, the, the continuing annexation that Israel has been undertaking um for years actually and you know jake i was right, pause, at it. pause it several years ago when the bull pause it pause it pause it so notice she is now defending she not not defending but she is trying to give credence trying to explain a reasoning for hamas a terrorist organization and this these aren't just my words hamas was designated a terrorist organization under president bill clinton a democrat this is not, I'm not making this up. They are a terrorist organization that, yes, controls the levers of power in the Palestinian territory. So she's like, yes, it's horrible that they're firing rockets, but let's understand why they did that. No, there's no, there's no two sides to this. When one side is indiscriminately attacking civilian populations, they are the aggressor. And they say, when you say, oh, well, Israel's doing the same. No, Israel picks its targets. Israel will then notify the Palestinian authorities say, hey, we are bombing this building. Get everyone out. Right? You want to know what's really, really terrible? The Palestinian Authority yesterday was notified that Israel was going to blow up a building because Hamas was using it to launch attacks against Israel. The Palestinian, the Palestinian Authority did not notify the tenants of the building. They, they had forewarning. I think they gave them an hour, an hour to clear the building. And the Palestinian Authority didn't notify the people living there. The tenants. Now, why would they do that? Do they want people dead? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, why else would they be? Would Hamas and, and the Palestinians be using churches, uh, not not churches, but but schools, uh, hospitals, as as shields? Right? They're using children as shields. They they want pictures of dead kids. It helps their war effort. It helps their propaganda effort. Because then you have Ilhan Omar up there showing her little diagram of kids getting treated for bombings. So they would much rather prefer dead and injured children than, than a zero next to the body count. So yeah, Israel warned them that, hey, we're going to blow up this building. And they, and they just didn't respond. They, they didn't tell anyone about it. Incredible, right? Very, very incredible. Let's go back to that clip. Let's keep playing. It's, it's a little longer. 
drive to bulldoze that village, it was stopped by an injunction from the Supreme Court. But this has been a pattern of action from Israel that frankly has taken away the idea even of a two-state solution, has led to increased hopelessness from the Palestinian people. And I think what Hamas has done is obviously we condemn that, but we have to look at the power balance here, or imbalance as it were, and we have to put more responsibility on Israel in uh, maintaining peace in the region. And so I think <laughs> I a, a lot of this... So it's the idea that, well, Israel is building settlements. Oh, okay. So Israel, Israel has built a couple of houses, which, yeah, it's, it's a very complicated issue. If you're hoping that this podcast, the hour or so, two hours that we're going to devote to this, if you think we're going to solve the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, not going to happen, right? So, oh, they've taken the two-state solution off the table. Israel doesn't want a two-state solution. Leftists want the two-state solution. They want Palestine to have enough territory to be able to launch attacks against Israel, right? When you, when you start hearing about the talks like the was the 1967 borders, bringing the borders back, they want to give Palestine, listen, if the, if the left's two-state solution went through, Palestine would have so much territory, they would be able to fire rockets at Israel and it would land before the Iron Dome could even intercept them, right? So I mean, it's a definitely, it's a non-starter. You, you, Israel, Israel will never go for any solution that leads to their extermination. That's the whole purpose for the state of Israel. The whole reason it exists. It was supposed to be a sanctuary for people after the Holocaust, right? So no, they're, they aren't interested in a two-state solution. They're not. And yet, it's, it's a very complicated issue. Should they be bulldozing existing towns to put up Israeli settlements? No, they shouldn't. But they, they contend that this is Israeli territory. So, I mean, it's a very complicated issue, but does that justify launching rocket strikes at civilian populations? No, no, it doesn't. Let's go back and keep playing. This is, it's getting my blood pressure up. Bombing of the AP building, when you look at the indiscriminate bombing that has been happening, the disproportionate loss of lives of Palestinians, uh, you just have to be in a situation where you cannot, you, we have to do everything we can as the United States to work towards a ceasefire. Not I cut it again. Ceasefire, oh my goodness. Utilize okay. the UN. Um, indiscriminate bombing. No, it is not indiscriminate bombing. Indiscriminate bombing would be carpet bombing would be using dumb munitions and just bombing an entire block. That's indiscriminate bombing. They are picking their targets. They're picking their targets. Okay, Hamas is firing rockets out of this courtyard. Let's blow up the courtyard. They're using this school as, as a, a shield. Let's get all the kids out, blow up the school. She's talking about in, like an uneven body count. That, that is, Israel is killing more Palestinians than Palestinians are killing Israelis. As if Israel should just turn off the Iron Dome and make it equal? Well, no. If the Palestinians, if Hamas are using human shields... You should be talking to them, right? If they're firing rockets into Israeli cities and they're using children as shields, the solution is not just to let the rockets keep coming because the Israeli Iron Dome got overwhelmed this past week. There were, there were too many rockets for it to intercept all of them. So no, the, the Israel will never accept any Israeli loss of life and, and give credence to human shields. I mean, that would be 10 times worse. At some point, the Palestinians need to stop this. They need to recognize, oh, I don't want to be a human shield. But no, they don't. Let's go back to it. Keep playing. This is this is incredible. A united front there and use all the tools that we have as the United States in pressuring Israel to uh, and Hamas to work towards a ceasefire. I think one of the one of the situations uh, the White House finds itself in is trying to figure out the best way 
to get Netanyahu to do what you're talking about, a ceasefire. Um, clearly, Netanyahu right now is not listening to Biden's public call for de-escalation. Uh, but people in the White House, according to my sources, also think that floor speeches or U.N. Security Council resolutions won't get Netanyahu to do what they want him to do in terms of de-escalating. It will only uh, enable him to pursue his domestic politics the best way that, that he can in, in, in the situation he's in. What, what do you think the Biden administration should be doing? Well, I, do th I don't agree with that assessment. I mean, I, I don't think that there's been a situation in the world where you've had intense violence where it hasn't been helpful to have a full diplomatic, full court press um, from the United States uh, for, uh, and the U.N. So to have the U.N. come out with a ceasefire resolution is very important. I don't think it's appropriate that the United States block that. And in fact, I think... All right, cut it. Have, Let's cut uh, it. This is going on too long. I'll skip to the bit. She's she eventually gets to where she she's talking about wanting to cut off Israel's access to American defense technology. So whenever a foreign country wants to buy munitions or, or any kind of defense technology from the United States, you need to sign off from the American government. Um, it's the it's it was it's IFTAR, the international trafficking ITFAR, international trafficking arms. It, it, it's it's a regulation through the State Department. ITAR, ITAR, International Trafficking Arms Regulations. So anytime defense technology, even just a single bullet is going overseas, it ha it's very, very tightly regulated. The goal being that they don't want weapons or defensive technologies going to our enemies or going to anyone that, that could use it against us or against our interests even. So <clears throat> what Democrats are not talking about is withholding those defensive funds, telling Israel, sorry, unless you do a ceasefire, we are not going to let you restock your munitions. We're not going to let you restock your missiles uh, for your Iron Dome. We're not going to let you restock the, the guided munitions, the bunker busters that Israel purchases from the United States. Not going to let you do any of that, which again, it, I mean, <laughs> they're basically threatening a siege, a siege against Israel. No, nothing, nothing in. I mean, I, I guess Israel could find buyers somewhere else, but I, I doubt if the United States goes that direction that other countries would step in and help them that's that's now the democratic policy either stop defending yourself or we're going to eliminate your ability to defend yourself this is radical stuff people this is radical radical stuff and we're just supposed to accept it we're just supposed to sit here and uh and take it this, this radical departure of american foreign policy this is what democrats have wanted for years and they've been too afraid to say it now however we're they're like okay let's do it <laughs> It's it's pretty. I I know this this feels like it's not a big shift, but it is. When when you have the president of the United States openly praising a Palestinian member of Congress while an American ally is in, at war with a Palestinian terrorist organization, it creates the optic. It creates terrible optics. And and I showed you that video of uh, from yesterday in Los Angeles. There was also one in New York City. I don't have the clip because I think it got sold to TMZ, and I don't want to get us taken down, but there was an attack in New York City. Palestinians, again, attacked Jewish people. We can go to, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and go to my screen. This is from Fox News. New York City attack on bloody Jewish man seeking refuge from Palestinian activists. Let's see if we can find, okay. Um, all right, Andy, no. So uh, we can watch it a little bit. You're not going to be able to hear it, but um, here they're running away. They're trying to get away from the Palestinians. I mean, th th this is happening. Look at that guy's face. It's completely bloodied. 
an attack in broad daylight in New York City just for the fact that he's Jewish. And, and you think that Joe Biden's rhetoric has nothing to do with this? Joe Biden standing up on stage yesterday and, and, and openly declaring that he hopes the Palestinians are all okay? Look at this. These are people wearing Palestinian flags chasing down a Jewish man who's seeking refuge from them. He's, he's bloodied. The cop literally had to help him escape. And look, look what they're doing. They're trying to steal the cop's bike. Look at this. This is about as far from assimilation as you can get. It's about as far from assimilation as you can get. They think that they're untouchable. I mean, this, this looks like BLM stuff. Go ahead and take down my screen. This reminds me of BLM from the summer, thinking that they can just they can just hit cops in the street, steal stuff from cops in the street because they are untouchable. These Palestinian terrorists, these are terrorists. Just because you're not using um, a roadside bomb or a uh, explosive vest doesn't mean you're not a terrorist. T terrorism is just the use of fear to get a political response. So basically, you want something to be done politically. You want to change someone's mind politically. So you use fear to get what you want. That's what they're doing here. That's terrorism. Chasing a Jewish man through the streets and trying to kill him. Even while he's being protected by police. That is terrorism. The goal is to make him and other Jews in that area afraid to even go outside. That's terrorism. So we, we, that one in, in, in uh, Los Angeles where they're riding around with the Palestinian flag, they get out and they start beating people up who are Jewish. Apparently happening in multiple parts of the city that same night. That is terrorism. That is designed to invoke fear to elicit a political response. We have Palestinian terrorists operating on U.S. soil. Apparently, seemingly with the blessing of the Biden administration. And instead of going after them, Instead of actually cracking down on them, you have the FBI cracking down on people like us. It's, it's not a coincidence that the same week that they are embracing Hamas, they are trying to push through this January 6th commission. We're going to try and get Joe on the phone. Joe's, Joe hasn't been on all week. He's actually about to get on a flight, but uh, he said he was going to call in. So, Mr. Producer, why don't you, uh, why don't you reach out to Joe and see when he's going to call in um, so we can plan it. It's not a coincidence that the same week they are embracing Hamas, they are declaring that you and I are terrorists and we need to be investigated the way that Al-Qaeda was investigated after 9-11. Pretty incredible stuff. So I'm not going to play any of the videos of Nancy Pelosi or any of that. Listen, they don't deserve the airtime. I am going to give you a couple clips of the GOP response to this call for a January 6th commission. And, and just so we're clear, that's it is literally they're trying to create another 9-11 commission, trying to have public hearings, depositions, subpoenas. What did you know? When did you know it? To create a big, gigantic volume explaining the history of that attack it is all an attempt to try and brand us all as terrorists. So Joe says he's going to call in um in 45 minutes okay so we will we will be prepared for that so let's go ahead and play this this is a, a first clip this is marjorie taylor green she has uh some she's fired up about this let's go to cut number five thank you mr speaker i rise in opposition to this bill and to the january 6th commission 
I do so as a member of Congress because I believe this institution's duty is to serve the people of this country and not itself. In this past year, we have witnessed violent riots in the American cities all over this country. We have witnessed tremendous damage. Minneapolis city officials estimate 700 buildings were damaged, burned, or destroyed, including 360 local businesses. There has not been a commission launched to study the reasons why that happened. There has not been an investigation to stop the BLM Antifa riots that have hurt innocent people, attacked government buildings, federal courthouses, taken over police precincts, uh, created autonomous zones in the city of Portland, and done so much damage to people all over the country. Studies show 570 protests in 220 different U.S. locations turned violent over the summer. The $1 billion plus riot damage is estimated to be the most expensive in insurance history. It resulted in up to $2 billion of damages in 20 cities across the U.S., mostly concentrated in L.A., Detroit, Miami, D.C., and New York. As a person that was a victim of the January 6th Capitol attack, I can tell you I'm against the violence that happened that day, but I do not believe a January 6th commission will achieve any resolution because we have already had our Department of Justice arrest 445 people with 100 more to be arrested soon. There's also reports of people being held for 23 hours in solitary confinement. That, is, that should not be happening. These people even haven't even had a court date yet. You see, what's going to happen with the January 6th commission is the media is going to use this to smear Trump supporters and President Trump for the next few years and cover up the damage, the real damage that's happening to, this, to the people of this country, which is tearing down our economy, ripping our borders wide open, and hurting this country. I yield the remainder of my Wow. Yeah, so fire up speech from Marjorie Taylor Greene. It's all true. It's all true. They're trying to use it to push a political narrative. Meanwhile, they are trying to hide and, and get beyond and get and say, oh, it's over. It's, it's, it's over. Get Move on. The actual violence that took place across the country, which we know was coordinated across state lines. That was great. This is another. Gomer pointing out what we already know about the January 6th insurrection, which is that the Trump administration tried to give them National Guard troops to protect the Capitol, and Nancy Pelosi turned it down because she didn't like the optics of having Guard troops there. Well, yeah, when you when you care more about optics than securing a building, things like this can happen. I'll tell everyone our number, 888-441-1121, if you want to call in. I want to know, what do you think about this, trying to brand us as terrorists while Hamas are innocent victims? Call in, 888-441-1121. 1121 and we'll, and we'll get to your calls after this clip. So let's let's jump to the next clip. Um the next clip the one with uh Louis Gomer. Do we have that? I'm not seeing a Louis Gomer. Oh, okay. Um it is uh it is cut for. After January 6, apparently the number one goal here in the House was something referred to as optics. Uh, according to the Sergeant at Arms, the reason 
National Guard was not brought up in advance in January 6, so there would be no one entering the Capitol that was not desired to enter the Capitol was that word optics. So the Capitol Police, doing the best they could, were left to fend for themselves without support they needed. It's a big place. But had the number one concern before January 6th by people here in Washington, in, in, uh, at the Capitol at least, if that number one concern had not been optics, there would have been no, no one coming in to the Capitol that we didn't want to be in the Capitol. Since then, we've been entertained by all kinds of false statements, false allegations. Um, it is really. So he is, he's, we're going to end that. He's, he's a little bit slow talking, but the points he's making are real, that they should have had this protected. They should have had this shored up. They had an offer on the table for National Guard troops, and they just chose not to because they didn't like the optics. That's terrible. That's disgusting. They, they, they love to claim that, this, that people died. Well, the person who died was, she was innocent, and she was murdered by a police officer. Let's just call the spade a spade. They, they love to say, though, there's violence, violence, violence. Well, how about them? I mean, and I guarantee that they're not interested in hearing about this during their January 6th commission. I guarantee they're not interested in learning how Nancy Pelosi dropped the ball. They want to bring, they want to drag Donald Trump in to testify. They want to drag John Trump Jr., um, <laughs> Rudy Giuliani. They want to drag all of them. And Mr. Producer, I just sent you a clip in Messenger. Please get that ready to go. Um, th they don't care about any of that. So it's not even going to be a, a joint commission, a fair commission. And, and Donald Trump is, is calling him out on it. Let's go to my screen while you get that video ready, Mr. Producer. This is a statement from Donald J. Trump, 45th president of these United States. He says, see, 35 wayward Republicans, they just can't help themselves. We have much better policy and are much better for the country, but the Democrats stick together. The Republicans don't. They don't have the Romneys, little Ben Sasses, and Cheneys of the world. Unfortunately, we do. Sometimes there are consequences to being ineffective and weak. The voters understand. And the interesting part is here, you look at this. These are the rankings for all 35 of the Republicans who just voted to create this commission. So that's the number. So they're all in Republican districts. The only one that's even, let me look, only one that's truly even is Fitzpatrick in Pennsylvania. Everyone else is in a Republican district. You look at Bacon, he's plus one. Bentz, plus 11, plus seven. Liz Cheney, plus 26. Curtis in Utah, plus 17. Right? You start seeing plus 10s, plus 13s. Jump to the other side. McKinley is plus 22. Moore is plus 20. What that means is that they won, that number is the percentage point by which they won their last race. That's what that number means. So that's good news because it means that you can primary them and the Republican who would replace them would most likely win their race. Like you're not going to have a Democrat swoop in and win a district that has 20% more Republicans than Democrats. You're just not going to do that. 
So, and that's why Liz Cheney is is freaking out because she's going to get primary. She will lose, and the seat will stay in Republican hands. I mean, when you look at when you start getting into the twenty percent, like the, the plus twenty, um, what that mean <laughs> that usually means is <laughs> it's impossible for you to split the vote so much that a Democrat would actually win. So I, I I'm I'm excited about this. And listen, a lot of these people are dumb, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they deserve to lose their seat. But a lot of them do. And to to vote in this manner when against your constituents when you know you shouldn't, yeah, they absolutely deserve what's going to be coming to them. It's going to come pretty hard. So there is one, there is a couple D's. Um, Jimenez in Florida is D plus one. There is uh, Salazar in Florida, D plus four. And then Catco in New York, D plus two. He's one of the Bills co-sponsors. Huh. Funny, funny how that works. We're going to take that down off the screen, Mr. Producer. We have a clip of the Circle Back Girl commenting on the developments of the Republicans not wanting to uh, agree to do this commission. Let's go ahead and play that clip. Ask you about the commission to investigate what happened on sure. January 6th. Obviously, the bill passed through the House. It is facing very steep odds in the Senate. And House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has said that if necessary, she would be open to moving forward with a commission that would only have the support of Democrats. Would the White House support that and have any concerns that the optics of that would ultimately undercut any findings? Well, we're not at that point yet, and we've certainly seen the Speaker's comments. What I will say, since you gave me the opportunity, is that the attack on the Capitol on January 6th was an unprecedented assault on our democracy. It demands a full and independent investigation huh? into what happened. This is not a political issue in the President's view. This is a question of how we secure our democracy and the rule of law. So it's incredibly disappointing to see how many, Repu how many representatives have opted to turn this into a political issue instead of doing what's right for our country and our Constitution. And they still have the opportunity to do the right thing. Just to follow up, would you be open to the possibility of a commission. There hasn't been a vote in the Senate yet. Obviously, our hope is that uh, Senate Republicans uh, do the right thing, put policy, partisan politics aside, uh, vote in a way that supports the preservation of our democracy, of our Constitution. Uh, they have the opportunity to do that. If they don't, we'll have, it, we'll have a conversation about it. Pretty incredible. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they have to do the right thing. Just give Democrats complete subpoena power to, to have another Mueller witch hunt. Incredible. Incredible. Go to my screen. This is out from Lauren Boebert, friend of the show. She says, due to their pathetic and failed governing agenda, the Democrats have just created another Robert Mueller style witch hunt to distract us from everything that they're actually doing in the House. This commission is a farce and anything that comes of it has no credibility. I voted no. I'll tell you when I see the way this is going, it makes me want to run for the hills. It does. It wants me to sell my house move out into the country and just live off the land and turn everything off. Turn off all, all the electronics, just, just disconnect from the world. And it's a really good feeling to do that. I'm going to take down my screen. But if you go out there, what's going to happen if disaster strikes? You're going to need Air Medicare Network. Air Medicare Network is the premier air medical transport insurance plan that will cover you and your entire household if disaster strikes and you need to be transported to a hospital by an air medical transport, by a helicopter. This is one of those things that people don't think about. If you spend a lot of time outdoors, even if you don't, it's probably worth it just as, as a literal insurance, as a just in case, as a rainy day fund for $85 a year. And it's less if you buy the three or five year plans, you will be protected. 
And should anyone in your household need to be airlifted to a hospital, as long as you use an AMCN provider, you won't pay a cent for that air medical transport. We've been talking with people just in the last week. One guy had to pay 45 grand just to take his kids one town over. Another woman in the comment section just last week was saying her, her mom's air medical transport flight cost 27 grand. Yeah, when seconds count, and it's important to get the medical care you need, you don't care about money. But I'm telling you, once the dust settles and everyone's okay and everyone's better again, the money is going to matter. Protect yourself, protect your family, and don't go bankrupt because your health insurance company will not cover the cost of an air medical transport. So make sure you go to airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily and you'll get up to $50 back in the form of an e-gift card. It depends on what plan you buy. If you buy the three or five year plan, you get a different amount of money back, but they'll be giving cash back. So it's even less than, than the $85 a year. This is really the kind of coverage that no one should go without, especially if you spend a lot of time outdoors or if you live in a suburban or rural area. Again, go to www.airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily to get up to $50 back. <clears throat> Susie says, can AirMed Transport take me to an uninhabited island? I don't think so. If they have a hospital, but then it wouldn't be uninhabited. Um, these aren't joy. These aren't pleasure cruises. These aren't joy rides. These are, you just broke your, your hip hiking or, or you, you got in an accident, got attacked by a cougar or something, hiking, you need to be airlifted to a, a hospital. It's those kinds of situations. Uh, I don't think they'll take you to an uninhabited island. But if there's a hospital on it, I guess they technically could. Um, so yeah, so you, you look at everything going on in DC. You look at this, you look at the, the oh, well, sorry, we, we have a clip of Mitch McConnell coming out hard against this plan let's jump ahead this i think we have it mr producer i think it's cut number seven can we play that now, one final matter after careful consideration i've made the decision no 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 cut number seven cut number seven cut seven fired up yeah miss producer you ruined the joke let me take that down <laughs> Sorry, I was looking for his name and didn't I know. recognize that's why I said that's why I shout the numbers. I shout the numbers. Okay, we ruined the joke. That was a, for everyone listening to the audio version. That was two great, like large tortoises battling. Um, as my son would say, that was a turtle battle. Um, but no, we do have the real clip of Mitch McConnell getting all fired up about this. And by fired up, I mean maybe his his pulse got it like five beats per minute quicker he he doesn't usually get fired up he always just has that quadruple chin he's always just the jowls he's always oh, i'm angry let's play this let's go and play now we're going to play the real one cut six one final matter after careful consideration i've made the decision to oppose the house democrats slanted and unbalanced proposal for another commission to study the events of january the 6th as everybody surely knows, I repeatedly made my views about the events of January the 6th very clear. I spoke clearly and left no doubt about my conclusions. Federal law enforcement have made at least 445 arrests and counting relating to crimes committed that day. Hundreds of those people have been charged Law enforcement investigations are ongoing, and federal authorities say they expect to arrest at least 100 or so more. Bipartisan investigations are also underway and have been for months 
at the committee level here in the Senate. So there is, has been, and there will continue to be no shortage, no shortage of robust investigations by two separate branches of the federal government. That's kind of, this is putting me to sleep. This is already starting to put me to sleep. We can't have that. <laughs> uh, so we do have the image. Let's go to image number one. These are, we read their names, but these are the 35 Republicans. The 35 Republicans, and at the bottom, that's Trump just saying, let's go get them. We're not saying that Trump is one of the traitors. Whoever made this added him because I guess they didn't like the bottom row having one fewer. Um, but these, these are them. These are them. So if if you see one of these men or women out and about, if they happen to represent your district, a couple of people in the com comment section have said that they represent their district. If you happen to see one of these people out and about, um, just let them know what you think. Be respectful. Don't attack them. Don't 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 make them run away. Don't be mean to them. Let them know what you think respectfully, because ultimately what gets them to do the right thing is fear, fear of the American electorate. A little bit of fear is healthy. Now, I'm not saying you want them in fear of being tarred and feathered, though I do think that every politician should be at least a little bit afraid that if they go down that path towards total tyranny, they could find themselves tarred and feathered. That's not a call to violence. That's just saying it, a little bit of that fear, a little bit, just a little bit of that fear is healthy. But no, they should be afraid of losing their jobs. I mean, we just showed that. We can take that down. We, we, we put my screen back up. <clears throat> the reason that these people... Most of them are not afraid of losing their jobs. Put up my screen. The reason they're not afraid of losing their jobs is you see right here the margins. This is how, with the exception of a couple of them who are in Democrat districts, everyone else is seems to be in a pretty healthily and strong Republican right-leaning district. So they don't fear for their jobs. They think that, okay, well, even if I'm a complete sellout and even if I stab my constituents in the back, hey, I'll, I'll pass a couple farm subsidies. Um, I'll, I'll do a couple speeches at, at, at local organizations and they'll love me again. Right. I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll do a speech on pro-life issues or this, or, uh, second amendment. I'll just give a little red meat for the base. And it doesn't matter if I stab them in the back the entire term, they'll, they'll reelect me. And you know what, who are they going to run against me? I have all this money, right? Remember that the establishment is going to try and keep every single one of these people in because the establishment likes nothing better than a Democrat who's pretending to be a Republican. That's like, that's the establishment's dream because they are marketable. They're willing to go against conservatism to do what's good for big business or whatever special interest they want. So yeah, a little fear is healthy and you, they have to be afraid. They have to, I mean, the whole reason that Congress is, goes off during the summer, goes, goes out of session in the summer is that these people are supposed to be going home. And the goal during the American founding was to create a system where these people, representatives, senators, would go home and they would go back into their businesses, right? You had farmers, they would go back, tend to their farms. You had doctors, you had lawyers who would go back and they would run their practices. And the goal was that they would interact with their community. That, that if you were a farmer, they would take their crops to market and they would talk to people, right? And they'd understand what's going on on the ground. If, if you're a doctor, you'd see patients and the patients would tell you what's really going on in, in that part of the country. You're supposed they're supposed to go home regularly and actually meet with constituents. Over the past year, that hasn't really happened. Yes, yeah, sure, they do the the phone telethons. They've you've they've used COVID-19 as an excuse not to actually meet with people anymore. 
They've just been going through the motions. They, they've been completely going through the motions. I guarantee you that many of them are going to do the same thing. Now, listen, people like Lauren Boebert, she's great. We, we, we had her on the show a couple weeks ago. Um, couldn't have her on for the, as long as we wanted because she was running from meeting to meeting to meeting, right? So not every Republican's like this, but a lot of them are. And they are constantly fundraising because that's all they care about. Winning re-election, winning re-election, winning re-election. As soon as they realize that they're not going to win re-election, that's when they start getting scared. So that's the kind of fear I'm talking about, which is why we run the facts blasts that we run. People say, well, why are we, why do we do this? Why, why do you, we continually push Republicans and Democrats on the issues every day? It's because it works. It matters. For every facts blast that they get, they assume that there's somewhere between 100 and 1,000 other people in their district who feel the same way, but didn't bother to send it in. So when we send 100 fax blasts, 100 fax blasts into a single congressional office, that office sees, whoa, we just got 100 on this bill. And they look at the math and they say, okay, there's, there's probably between 50 and 100,000 people at home who care about this issue. So yeah, we should take this seriously. If 100 people are going to take the time out of their day to message us about this, then yeah, we have to take it seriously. And yeah, sure, if, if you're going against someone who's hard left and you're trying to get them to do something conservative, yeah, it, it won't work, but it will make them think twice. Right? It'll make them think twice about going one way or another. So that's why our fax blast system is so important. And it also helps support the show, helps support our organization. We want to bring on more shows. We have tick shows on Fridays. Uh, I have a couple other show ideas I'm, I'm, I'm bouncing around. These are probably the once a week shows. And some would be pre-recorded. Some would be live. Some probably still just be audio versions. I don't know. We want to grow it. So if you want to help us grow, please do join our email newsletter. That's how we send out our fax blasts every day. Um, the last couple of days, Joe hasn't been on, so I've had to do a little bit more of the work for show prep. So our fax blasts have been going out after the show. But if you want to help support our organization, our show, and you want to take action in a way that actually matters, please do join our email newsletter. The link is in the description. I mentioned yesterday that we've had a lot of successes and there was, there's one case that always sticks out in my mind for our fact spots, for our success. There was a case, I believe it was in Michigan. I think it was in Michigan. There was a, a, a Navy submariner who was out on patrol. He was actually on duty on a submarine somewhere in the oceans. They wouldn't tell where his wife was taking him to court for, for custody of their children. So obviously, when you're on a, a, a Navy submarine, a nuclear submarine, and you're under the water, your location is, no one's supposed to know, it's classified, right? We can't just be broadcasting where you are at any given time. So the court was trying to reach him, and obviously couldn't. The, the system of notifying parents about, about custody hearings isn't designed to take care of Navy submariners. So the judge was this close, to granting sole custody to the wife because he wasn't showing up to his hearing. So we got, we got wind of that and we mobilized our entire organization. We sent out more fax blasts that day than I think ever before. And we got, we got the ear of one or two members of Congress and one former member of Congress. And they put pressure on the judge and said, you can't be doing this. You can't do this. One, it's illegal, but two, it's just wrong. And that pressure forced the judge to back down and not take away this Navy Navy man's kid because he was on a nuclear submarine and out of radio contact. 
So I always tell that story because it, it, it's a feel-good story. And yeah, we, we, we should cover those more. Um, I want to find more of those. So if you ever have a story like that of, of someone in the military being mistreated, um, do send them into us because we are happy to cover stories like that. I know that Tig last week had on his show uh, a gentleman who was being mistreated by the VA and fought back and won. If you have any stories like that, do send it in. We love to focus on these things and to make sure we give justice to people who deserve it because far too often people fall through the cracks and we reveal it reveals that there are some pretty evil people pulling the strings who would, would, would are more than happy to make people suffer just on a technicality. So again, if you like the kind of work that we do, you like the podcast, you want to help us grow it, please do sign up for the email newsletter, link in the description, and make sure you text the word freedom to 89517. Very, very important. So we're going to take a break. And on the other side of the break, we're going to hopefully get Joe on the phone. Joe's going to call in. I think he's calling in about 10, 15 minutes. Um, so don't go anywhere. We're going to get Joe on the phone. He's probably going to be fired up about something. He hasn't been on in a week. So, uh, so he's probably going to be fired up about something. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back on the other side of this quick break. Ronald Reagan famously said that our freedoms are never more than a generation away from extinction. Conservative Daily exists to make sure that never happens. With our community of 700,000 members, we fight every day to hold Congress's feet to the fire and stop them from surrendering our rights and freedoms. The fight to take this country back is not over. Please join our movement right now by going to conservative-daily.com and clicking the subscribe button to sign up for our free call to action newsletters. We have a chance to save this country, but only if we all work together. Again, this is conservative-daily.com and don't forget to hit the subscribe button at the top. Ladies and gentlemen, the Conservative Daily Podcast is back. And your host, Max McGuire. 